Welcome to the Convergence Church Podcast. Our vision at Convergence is to encounter Jesus and transform cities with His power and His love. If you'd like more information about Convergence and how to plug in, you can visit convergencechurch.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy this message. Well, hey, we're going to continue our Harvest and Holy Spirit series. Uh, It's been really amazing if you've been here. I think we're in week nine, somewhere in there. Nine weeks. That's a lot. That may be be a record. I think that's a record. I don't think we've done a series that long before. So, um, and you'll find out a little bit more why we've been doing that for nine weeks next Sunday. So, awesome. Well, hey, Lord bless him. Thank you for all you have. We just thank you, Lord, right now. We just thank you and just receive all that Wesley carries. Uh, we're so thankful for him. We're so thankful for his leadership with our youth. We're so thankful with his leadership in this body. And we just thank you, Lord, right now. And we just release even just a fresh thing that you're doing right now. And we release that, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Also, just want to say this because I took a lot of time this morning. Give him grace if he goes over 12. Um, if you need to go get your kids at 12:10 and bring them back into the service, do that. Uh, the Lord's been moving a lot this morning, so our time kind of went woo. But it's okay because the Lord's good and He's going to move and it's going to be awesome. All right. All right. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Um, it's been a really powerful morning already. It's really good to be here in the house of the Lord. Uh, this is our last official week of our Harvest and Holy Spirit series. I know, everybody, oh. So what I really felt to do is to today have people share testimonies about how they have seen that the harvest is ripe. Because we kind of started out talking about in Matthew 9 where Jesus tells his disciples, the harvest is ripe, but the What? The workers are few. And we kind of addressed how, like, I think in a lot of our minds, it's the other way around. Like, we think that we're all, like, working so hard to get a little bit of harvest. But Jesus said there's more harvest than workers. And so today we're going to share some, we're going to have people share testimonies. Then I'm also going to talk about the power of testimony. But it's Family First Sunday. So where are the kids at in the room? All right. Um, I want to ask you a question. What do you think the word testimony means? It's kind of a big word. What do you think of when you think of testimony? Revival? Hey, there you go. Is it the revival or the Bible? Oh, the Bible. Okay, both. Yeah. Yeah, a story about a time when God came through for you. That's good. Is anybody else? Any kids in another section? All right. What do you think of when you hear the word testimony? Learning about Jesus? Yeah, that's good. Anybody else? All right. Any not kids? No, just kidding. Oh, we got one of the curtains. All right, yes. Somewhat? Someone's story. Yeah, that's good. Someone's story. So a testimony, there's a few like official definitions of a testimony because it can mean a lot of things. But a testimony is a story about something that happened. Right? So like a testimony is like if I'm going to share a testimony, it means I'm going to tell you something that happened. Probably to me, but I could also share a testimony 
about something that didn't happen to me, but it just happened, right? So kids, today when you hear the word testimony, you can think of this is someone talking about something that's happened. And so we're going to have people come up and share some testimonies, and we're also going to talk about the power of testimony. Um, But first, Zachary, can you come up? Or Asher, I'm sorry, Asher. See, Kim Audi has like 15 kids' names, and I literally get two mixed up. All right, come up. I asked him to help me during worship. So we are talking today about testimony, and we're going to be talking about the good news, about Jesus and him sending out his disciples and a lot of that. So here's what I want to ask you. What is some good news that you've heard recently? Well, um, like a week ago, um, uh, we were, like, me and my family were uh, reading the Bible in the morning because we usually do that before school. And my mom's back was hurting, and then uh, me and my brother prayed for it, and we got fully healed. Praise God. Let's go. Okay, so that's amazing. So if you were to, like, go and tell someone that, how do you think, like, that's good news, right? Yeah. So how do you share good news? Do you share good news like, yeah, so my mom's back got healed? No, you, no, you share it, like, with joy. And- okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab the microphone and to share the, share the testimony like it's, like, actually what it is. Like, Jesus, literally God healed your mom. So tell us the testimony from that perspective. Um... so we were in my uh when we were in our living room and my mom said her back was hurting and then me and my brother were like we're like can we pray for it and then we went uh we prayed for it and then she was like it feels so good and so yeah awesome thank you so much that's all you're good Thank you, Asher. I think a lot of times when we're sharing the good news, we forget that it's good news. And we're going to talk a bit more about that to come. But um, I want to just have a few people share testimonies about how they have seen the harvest is ripe. And the reason why is because I want to build our faith as a body that the harvest truly is ripe. And it may not be what we think it looks like but the harvest really is ripe. So can I have Valerie? Can you come up and share? Y'all give it up for Valerie. Good morning. I'm Valerie, for those that don't know me. And I'm going to um, just share one story, but a build-up to that is I'm a school teacher, and I have been teaching 16 years, and... um, And um, I work in a private school in Fort Worth. It's not a Christian school. We have people of all backgrounds, all political leanings, all religions. And um, in the last six years, I've been teaching a kindergarten readiness class. And um, I've noticed, especially since 2020, the hunger in the kids is growing and the curiosity is growing. And the questions that they have for me at school, they want to hear about Jesus, even at school. Um, and two years ago, a, a group of moms formed a before-school off-campus program where we can go learn about Jesus and 
uh, read the Bible, and they asked me to be a small group leader. So I get to lead the kids that I teach during the day before school. And um, one story recently we had, we were just sharing when two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, he is with us. And one little boy asked, um, well, where is Jesus right now? And I didn't have a lot of time, and I wish I'd had more time to do what I do with my own children. And where is Jesus right now? Let's look. Uh, but I did ask them, where is Jesus? And they were saying, my head, my heart, my mind, he's invisible. Um, we can't see him. And again, I wish I had had more time with them. But I left really excited because God was alerting me that these opportunities are here and they're growing and the kids are curious and hungry. So, yeah. And also, since I have the kids in the room, I, I just want to encourage you to talk about God with your friends because they are listening. Amen. That's good. Thank you so much. Amen. Um, all right. Carrie, you want to come up and share? Y'all give it for Carrie. I do want to apologize if I'm a hot mess because I've been playing with the kiddos. And I am, you're welcome. They are such a joy, every one of them. And uh, Wesley told me I couldn't take very long. But... Uh, <laughs> The testimony that I want to share is about the people that I get to work with each and every day. I work with mainly a lot of men because I work at a construction company that is owned by believers. Oh my goodness. And I am so grateful for this because not only do I get to work for a group of Christian people, I also get to pray with anybody that walks into my office. And in today's society, that is uncalled for in the public. But if anybody walks in and they just appear to need prayer, all I have to do is say, can I pray with you? And I have yet to be turned down. I know. And, And that shows you what God is doing in the workplace in the workplace out there and I am so grateful for that for the each and every opportunity and I just want to thank Lord for the influence that this body this house has had on me to show how to be able to step up and step out because I have not always been a very bold person (laughs) anyway that's all just take You take any opportunity you have to pray with somebody, jump on it because they are grateful. Amen. Thank you so much, Carrie. That's good. Where are the Audis at? There y'all are. Y'all want to come up? We got some of the Audis. Wow. Okay. Okay. You going first? Oh, okay. We got an order. <laughs> Okay, so my name is Abigail, and I'm in sixth grade. I go to Great Hearts Lakeside, and recently, um, I think it's like for the past two or three weeks uh, in history, we've been learning a lot about like Bible characters and what difference they've made in our world, Um, and there's a lot of believers and non-believers at my school, 
Uh, so there's just been a lot of questions in my class, like to um, about the characters from both the believers and the non-believers, which just shows that my school is really hungry for Jesus. Hello, my name is Samuel. I go. I'm in fourth grade, and I go to Great Hearts Lakeside. Um, and so, our principal he let us lead see you at the pole um and see you at the pole is just um a time where um the people at school get to pray with this like for the school and um usually by like the flagpole and so it was really fun um it was there were about like 50 people there and it was really cool So um, at my school, before school every Friday, um, we some of the guys in my grade get together and do a little Bible study. Um, and there's this one guy who last year he didn't come at all, um, and he didn't really show any interest in knowing the Lord or having a relationship with him. But this year, all of a sudden, like something changed in him, and he started coming to the Bible studies. And um, there was one week that uh, the leader that normally leads our Bible studies couldn't make it, and... Um, he texted the group chat, and he was like, "We do y'all want to just go out to the same place and just have a Bible study like we normally do, uh, and, like, we can share some verses? So we did, um, and he shared some of his, like, favorite verses and what they meant to him, and, like, it's just so cool to see him and deepening his relationship with the Lord. Um, and then another thing, um, one week the leader asked him, like, uh, is there anything that you need, that anyone in the group needs prayer for, um, and the guy raised his hand, and he was like, can you pray for me, and give me advice on, like, how to talk to my family about the Lord, because his family's not, a, or they aren't believers, but, um, uh, and every week, he gives us an update on how he's been, like, how he's been, like, um, uh, get, he's been, like, showing his family the Lord, and he's not even, like, forcing it on them, he's just, like, asking questions and things, and but him and his family have gone to church a couple times together um, ever since he started coming. And it's just so cool to see how the Lord is moving through him and his family. Uh, my name is Josiah. And one thing I've been really privileged to do this year is we got to lead CU at the pole uh, like they did at their school. And... Uh, one thing I really enjoyed about that is like how the, we've done it for three years and it's just kept growing every year. Like there was probably 120 students there this year and like 25 student leaders. So that was really cool to see. And so we did a whole group session and then we broke out uh, into small groups. And then uh, in my small group, there's this one guy who's like me and him haven't had the greatest relationship over the, my three years here. And, um, and he hasn't showed any interest in the Lord or anything, but uh, he like volunteered to pray and like, that was a big thing, and, like, me and him have been talking about the Lord, like, some, and he started coming to, like, this thing called Diving Deeper, which is, like, it's, like, a weekly Bible study uh, during school hours, and so it's just really cool to see, like, how the harvest is ripe, and, like, the people, like, the people around you, like, they don't ignore you, like, they, they see how you portray yourself. I love it, I love it. And um, I just want to say something real fast. Um, a couple years ago, so I, I, I teach uh, at, at the school that Josiah and Andrew go to. 
Um, and um, so a couple of years ago, I was just I, I was just working. I was just doing something, and a, just a random thought popped into my head. And who knows that when random thoughts pop in your head, hmm, sometimes that doesn't belong to you, right? Um, so sometimes that was just the vo- that was just the voice of the Lord just came out of the blue, and the, and it was simply he simply said he said every day you have the opportunity to say something that someone will remember for the rest of his life. Just a simple thought. And it was just out of the blue, and I was like, yeah, wow. Every day I have the opportunity to say something to a family member, say something to a coworker, say something to somebody in a restaurant that, that he or she will remember for the rest of their life, if it's said with intentionality. And I want to encourage you, I want to encourage every one of you um, kids, especially especially you in this in this in this um, in this service, like I, every every day you have something that someone's gonna like. If, even if it's something like looking someone in the eye and say, "You're really important," like just something simple with intentionality. Um, and it doesn't matter if you go to a school like a traditional school. It doesn't matter if you're homeschooled. Um, it doesn't matter if you work from home. Um, you still can text people like there's there's you have an opportunity everywhere that you go every single day to say something that will have ripples for eternity that someone will remember 20 years from now. So I want to encourage you um, that you have that power. He's given it to you. OK, so let's use it. All right. That's super good. Thank you so much. Audis. I love that. Naomi, come on. I love these testimonies about school, like what the Lord's doing in schools, um, because the Lord is moving in schools. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Hello. Uh, first of all, Carrie is my Nana, so yeah. Um, so this story happened about 2016, 2017. I was in daycare, and the daycare was primarily filled with public school kids. And I was one of the, like, two private school Christian kids. And one day I saw three girls that I knew. Two of them were having an argument, and one of them was backing up one of the girls. And I just kind of watched from a distance. And then eventually the argument ended, and the girl who was backing up one of them and the girl she was backing up uh, walked away and left the other girl just by herself. And then she ran into a corner and started crying. So at that point, I felt kind of obligated to go over, ask her if she was okay, comfort her, all that. So I go over there, and I ask her what happened. And bear with me, this happened many years ago, so I don't remember what she said. But um, whatever she said reminded me of a Bible story that my Bible class was going over. So I tell her about this Bible story, and it was like a light switch had turned on inside of her. And after that, every day when she would see me after school, she would come up to me and ask me what I learned in Bible class that day. And that lasted till the day she left that daycare. And when she did, it prompted me to start a Bible study at that daycare, and eventually to now, uh, this year, I started another Bible study for the junior high girls at my school. And yeah. Let's go. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Praise God. 
I love that. It's so simple. Alyssa, come on. Should I say Master Alyssa? No, don't say that. <laughs> okay. So for 17 years now, I've been training at and teaching at a martial arts school. And um, <laughs> it's not a Christian school. That's important. I've prayed for people over the years or told them I'm praying for them, but I've never like shared the gospel before. So um, three weeks ago, <laughs> I tested for my fifth degree black belt and I had, <laughs> I had the opportunity during that to give a speech and I always aim it toward Jesus, whatever I'm going to say. And so this time I knew I was going to talk about joy in the midst of suffering and there was some suffering. <laughs> Um, but I talked about how Jesus is with us in the middle of our suffering, and that's how we have joy. And I'm going to read this. So two days later, our program director from our non-Christian martial arts school posts in the Facebook group for the entire martial arts school. And she's, she talks about how, um, how I tested. And then she said, during the public speaking portion, she earnestly told us about finding joy in the midst of suffering after sustaining and smiling through a painful injury while breaking concrete. On a personal level, level, I am so blessed to know and work with this special person who is always there to offer a hug, a prayer, and a laugh just when I need it most. She has helped reopen my mind and heart to a faith I thought I would never return to by living her beliefs in front of me on a daily basis. <laughs> That's God. <laughs> so I want to encourage you guys. In Psalm 37, it talks about dwelling in the land and cultivating faithfulness. I've been at this school for 17 years, and I've never heard anyone say this. I've never experienced anything like this. But over the past three weeks, I've started having significant, deep conversations about God with different people. Like, almost every single day that I see the owner of our school, we have a conversation about God, and it's serious. And then another friend of mine told me, she was like, I'm angry with God. I don't know if I believe in God. I don't know if he cares about me. And I'm like, tell him that. Tell him you think that. And so she told me this week that she had an honest conversation with God. And she felt heard. She felt listened to for the first time. And she's like, I feel so much peace. And we're continuing to have these conversations. God is doing something. The harvest is ripe. We just have to say yes. Let's go. Come on. I love that. The harvest is ripe. It may not look like what you think it looks like. Um, and I want to, you can turn to Mark 5. We're going to read this story because I read this a couple months ago. And as I did, the Lord just kind of downloaded some stuff about the harvest to me. There's so much power in testimony. So like, what we just did, we had people come and share testimonies, and it builds our faith, right? Like, testimony is always an invitation, right? It's like, do it again, Lord, right? So, like, testimony, when these people are sharing what it should do, and hopefully it does, I hope what it did in our hearts, is it makes us think, there's probably people at my school, at my work, in my neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? It builds faith. It's an invitation to step into the same thing. But also, testimony is something, to the believer it builds faith, and to the unbeliever 
it's an invitation also. It's not just for believers. When, when you share your testimony with an unbeliever, it does something. And so I want to just dive into the story of Mark 5. Um, kids, what does testimony mean? Yeah, telling a story about something that happened. So Mark 5, it says in verse 1, They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately, immediately, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. It's pretty interesting. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. Wow. Let's be real. Okay, let's picture this. I, you, we have to visualize the Bible. Jesus and his disciples come to the shore, and they put their feet on, and immediately this man comes out to them. Now, we, this is Family First Sunday, so we have kids in the room. Parents, if you were to encounter this, as much as we would love to be like, all right, let's pray for him, most of us would be like, let's get back in the boat. <laughs> Can we be honest? If this were to happen, you'd be like, hold my hand, let's walk back and get it back in the boat. Verse 6, and when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him, and crying out with a loud voice, he said, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. This is a really powerful thing that we won't really go into, but that's really wild. Verse 9, Verse 8, sorry. For he was saying to him, come out of him with the unclean spirit. Yeah, verse 9. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. That's a red flag. <laughs> if you weren't scared before, <laughs> if you're like, <laughs> you're like, all right, kids, we're going to pray for this man. And you go up to him, and then you're like, what's your name? And he's like, we are Legion. And you'd be like, all right, now we're getting in the boat. Verse 10, and he begged him earnestly not to send them into the country. So the man is begging Jesus, don't send the demons into the country. It's just, this is a whole wild story. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him saying, send us to the pigs, let us enter them. What? Verse 13, so he gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. This is, like, very dramatic, very crazy. By the way, these pigs were, like, being raised to sacrifice to Zeus, so it's not like Jesus went and just destroyed some farmers' lives. These, these pigs were being raised. So they were in a region. Let me just do a little bit of overview for the adults in the room. They're in a region called Decapolis. It's like, it'd be like a metroplex, right? There's lots of cities inside of it. They're in a region called Decapolis. It's a very, very, very pagan city. Like, sacrificing pigs and different animals to Zeus and to foreign gods. Very pagan, very, like, Greek and Roman influenced. Not Jewish, like, at all. Like, very Gentile Greek. So that's why they're raising these sheep, or these pigs. 
Verse 14, the herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And the people came to see what it was that had happened. Verse 15, and they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion sitting there clothed and in his right mind. And then they were afraid. <laughs> what? <laughs> I would be like, um, maybe you should not be afraid now. Maybe you should, like, I don't, it's just wild. But I think, I, I was reading this even last night. I've been reading this a lot. I think they were afraid because they knew that these pigs were to be sacrificed to their gods. And so now if the pigs were gone, it's kind of a conflict, you know? It's kind of a problem. So it says, and then they were afraid. Um, verse, let's see. I, I forgot where I was. Verse, okay, verse 16. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. Really interesting. They see a demon-possessed man healed. They see him now in his right mind. They're afraid, and they beg Jesus to leave. And, and, and my version, how I think this should go, is then Jesus is like, I'm not leaving. You all need to also be delivered. Right? Like, they're like, Jesus, leave. And he's like, No. That's what I think. That's not what happens. What happens is it says, the very next verse, it says, as he was getting into the boat. As he was getting into the boat. They beg him to leave, so he does. As he was getting into the boat, verse 18, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. So this man is like, Jesus, you just changed my entire life. Can I go with you? That would be me. I, I mean, if I saw Jesus, I'd be like, I'm going with you. The man begged that he would go with him, verse 19, and he did not permit him. Jesus said no. Here's what he said to him. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. This is a crazy story. Jesus took a demon-possessed man, set him free, put him in his right mind, and then immediately sends him out into evangelistic ministry. With nothing but a testimony. This man was not Jewish. He didn't know anything about the God of Israel. This man, Jesus did not disciple him. He says, no, you're not coming with me. Take your testimony and go tell it in your region. And you know what happens? A few chapters later, Jesus comes back to the Decapolis and 4,000 people gather around him and he feeds 4,000. Where do you think those 4,000 came from? He shows up and it says they recognized him and they were with him for many days. 4,000 people were now the disciples of this guy who just had a testimony. What's really interesting about the Decapolis is that, again, it was Greek. It was Rome. Like, it was a, it's a Greek city that was ruled by Rome. It's this really weird thing. Very Gentile. But this happens. And then as the early church is spreading, 
They're, they're in Antioch. They're mostly in Jerusalem. Then they're in Antioch. And then they come to Damascus, which is part of the Decapolis. And what happens is the church in Damascus grows so much that whenever the, whenever the temple's destroyed in 70 AD and Jerusalem's under attack, a lot of Christians and Jews fled to the Decapolis because there was a big amount of believers there. And you know what happened? The Decapolis became a hub for Christianity in the region. Do you know who the first person to evangelize to the region was? It's this guy. This guy who has nothing but a testimony. And the Lord has been speaking to me so much about the power of testimony. Because last year, I've shared this story before, but it it just rocks me. I was literally telling a friend last night I was going to share this, and I started crying talking about it. Last year, I was, at a, I was at a missions training school for the Middle East, understanding the Middle East, understanding Middle Eastern missions and culture and the whole nine yards, politically, geographically, militarily, historically, like religiously. The, it was amazing. It was a 12-week school. So six or seven weeks of the school was training, and then for the rest of the school, we were overseas in the Middle East. And at the last week of our school, they taught us in depth about Islam. And at the end of the week, we go to have lunch, and they, the staff of the school have set out this like big picnic, and it's like a Middle Eastern feast. And all the staff have dressed up as like Middle Eastern people. All the staff has been to the Middle East so much, so they were like right on. Like they were, they should have gotten like a Grammy or an Emmy. I don't know what is it for acting. What's it called? What is it? I don't know. Yeah, Tony. They, they should have they gotten an award because they were literally dressed up, Middle Eastern accents. They're like yelling at each other in Arabic. Like literally it was full on. And at first we're like, oh, this is so fun, you know, whatever. And we're like sitting down. And I thought that it was just like a fun lunch experience. But I soon realized this is a test. And they start debating Islam with us. They start picking apart Christianity from, because they know right? This is literally the staff of our school. They start going deep, and they're like, you believe in three gods, and you worship Mary. Like, you're so lost. Like, we need to, you need to come back to God. Like, they're telling us this. And so some of the students were all there. Like, some of the students start kind of debating them, and it's in this big theological debate. And as all this is happening, my heart starts racing, and I'm realizing, I'm like, I am not ready like, I'm like, we're leaving in, you know, four days, whatever, to get on a plane and go to the Middle East. And I literally start getting, I'm like worried. I'm getting anxious. They're like sitting here debating theology and it's going nowhere. And it's just like this, you know, I mean, you know when that happens, when it's just debate, no one's listening, but everyone's talking. So I'm sitting there like literally the enemy's like, you shouldn't even go. Like, you're not ready. I'm like, I should have taken more notes. Like, I'm literally sitting here worried. It gets quiet for a minute. And one of my friends says, can I tell you a story? And he says, and he starts sharing his testimony, which I've heard before. And he says, I grew up really anxious and suicidal. And as soon as he started talking, I started weeping. I started weeping. And the Lord said to me, Wesley, I'm not calling you to go debate theology. I'm not calling you to defend a religion. I'm calling you to share good news. Do you have good news to share? Do you have good news? 
And he starts sharing his story. And I'm literally, I'm like, I'm not like, oh, wow, that's sweet. I'm like hardcore crying, weeping, sitting there in the grass and this picnic. And I mean, I'm telling you, the staff were still on cue. They're like, why is your friend crying? He's not liking my food? Like, literally. I'm not kidding. They came to me and put more food on my plate. And the woman, like, picked my head up and put it in my hand. He's like, in my culture, it's shame to cry. He's like, not cry in front of me. Literally. And I'm weeping. And then he comes, to, he comes to the end of his testimony. And he says, and then God spoke to me. And they literally, all of them on cue. I mean, it's like, I'm like, this is wild. They all turned to him. And he says, you're telling me God spoke to you. And I started weeping again. <laughs> and the Lord was like, Wesley, you have no idea how good this news is. Your daily life of communion with the Lord is good news to someone who's perishing. What we've taken for granted is literally the hope that someone needs. And some of us are so scared because we're like, oh, I'm not a theologian. I don't know. Oh, I, I should have taken more notes in church. I don't know what to say. And he's saying, I'm not asking you to debate, to debate theology. I'm not asking you to defend some ideology. He's saying, I'm asking you to share good news. I'm asking you to share good news. And it's good news. And it changes people's lives. And it's the gospel. Do you have good news today? Yeah. I'm telling you, you if, you, if you went through this service today, you know more about the gospel than this man in Mark 5. All he had was a testimony. And an entire region changed. And it went from a pagan city to a hub for Christianity in the region. So here's what I want to do. I want to commission us to share good news. If this is burning in your heart, you can stand up. It's really simple. You don't need anything other than just to know that what you carry is powerful. I don't need to teach you. Like, it's literally the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And in 1 John, he says, him that we have seen and handled and touched him. That's who we proclaim to you. It's not some far off distant thing. It's literally, it's him. And so here's what I want to do. I actually want to start out just with repentance for the places where we've elevated knowing about the Lord above just him. And where we've, where we've elevated thinking that we need to share some eloquent words and sermons in order to convince people to follow Jesus. You don't need that. <laughs> all you need is a testimony so can we just begin just in your own words you don't need a pad you don't need music let it come out from your heart just of repentance Lord I'm sorry for elevating a theology about you above you Lord I ask that you would give us boldness in this room today 
Just begin to cry out. Lord, I ask that you would give us boldness to share the good news. Lord, would you show us how good this news really is? Lord, places where our own hearts have grown numb to this. Lord, I pray that the callous places of our hearts where it's just become information and it's not about transformation. Lord, that you would come and that you would impact our hearts afresh with this good news. And Lord, that you would send us into the harvest that is ripe and that we would see through your eyes, Lord, that even if we're looking at someone demon possessed that we would say this is harvest this is harvest lord i ask that you would give us your eyes this morning give us your heart lord jesus give us your eyes that we would see people the way you see them give us your heart lord that we would love people with your love jesus we say yes today we say yes to the power of the good news <laughs> And we break off all fear of messing it up. We break off all fear of not having enough knowledge, of not being eloquent with words, of not being some theologian, of not being some, someone who can debate well. <laughs> you don't need to debate. You just need a good story of Jesus. And so, Lord, I ask that you would even just minister to our hearts right now. Remind us of our own testimonies. Remind us of what you've done in our hearts. Lord, places where we've forgotten, help us to remember. Help us to remember, Lord. Help us to remember. And I want to commission you that even during this holiday season, I felt this really specifically, that there are people in your own family, the people that, you've, that you, you bump up against, Maybe they're the ripe harvest this year. The people in your family that you're like, I hope they don't come to Thanksgiving. Maybe they're the people the Lord wants to impact the most. And even, you know, this morning, the time change happened last night and I felt I was driving home. I was driving home in my car. The time changed at like 7 p.m. And I was like, what? And I literally, the time changed and the Lord literally was like, the season has shifted. It's not preparation for the harvest, it is the harvest. And so like literally today, you have good news to share. And Jesus did not, oh, Jesus did not think this man needed a whole theological three-year discipleship class. He said, take what's happened to you and share it. Can we do that? Praise God. Um, yeah. That's literally it. It's short, it's sweet, it's brief and amazing. I, you don't need to know how to do it. You already have it. It's just doing it. It's just, it's literally just doing it. You don't need to be taught on how to share the gospel. Just talk about what he's done. It's good news. It's really good news. So um, yeah, I'm just gonna pray and bless us as we close. We have children's prophetic teams that are gonna be doing um, prophetic so if you want a prophetic word, let's go and have the teams come up, the kids' teams. If you want a prophetic word, you can get in one of the lines. Um, maybe they'll tell you someone that you can uh, share the gospel with. I don't know. So yeah, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the transformation that you've done in our lives. Lord, that you have changed us. <laughs> Even this morning, Lord, you've changed us and you've transformed us. And Lord, I ask that you would give us the boldness to share that good news. 
And Lord, any place of inadequacy or lies of the enemy are silenced in Jesus' name. Lord, we step into the truth and we step into your plans and your purposes in Jesus' name. Amen. So good. So good. Um, hey, if you if you want a prophetic word, we have our amazing kids because at Convergence, we believe that it doesn't matter how old you are, you can prophesy. Amen. And so if you want um, an encouraging word this morning, uh, I want you to j just to invite you up front. Um, we have our, we literally have them all across the front here. So that's amazing. Um, and I'm just telling you, they can prophesy. It is amazing. And so just come forward and, hey, this, did this word resonate? It resonated with me. I kept being reminded of uh, Isaiah in Isaiah 6. Isaiah asked the Lord a question. He says, Lord, whom are you going to send? And then Isaiah, it's like, it's like the Holy Spirit responded in him, and it said, here I am, send me. And so I just feel like that's a word for us. Lord, who are you sending? Convergence Church. You're sending Convergence Church to the cities of, and the nations. Amen? All right, so we'll see you next Sunday, or we'll see you at Jesus Night on Friday night. But if you want a word, I want to encourage you, come up, get a word. If you're watching online, we're glad that you joined with us today. The Lord bless you. Israel rally at 2 p.m.